Disclaimer, in this chapter we will be discussing the murder of two young girls. Anyone we discuss is to be considered innocent unless proven guilty in a court of law. And I gotta tell you, some of these details are disturbing. This is going to be the only warning, so please don't listen if you're sensitive to this kind of information. Okay, so part two in this whole document where we left off in part one was the crazy mic drop atomic nuclear bomb that there is a man named Brad Holder whose son was dating Abby and he is and posts Odinism mm-hmm. and runes right on his Facebook page. He does. And so I left off because I was like, show me a photo of him. Because you said Char looked at his Facebook prof- profile to see what was up. Because Richard Allen looked like bridge guy. Like, oh, I, that looks like the same coat. Okay, well, you go to his profile and Char showed me this photo and... The hat is the hat. And the stature even looks like the stature. The the face looks like the face. Mm. The hat. It's, it's got to be the same hat. Not everybody wears a fucking hat like that, all right? No. That's special, I think I'm the shit, like, hold, like wearing a hat type of person. Yeah. But anyway, 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 anyway. Getting back into the document. Jumping right in. So again, Brad Holder's son, Logan, had been dating Abby, and his social media posts seemingly taunted the police that refused to investigate him, is what this document is saying. However, a fact that is simply mind-blowing to the defense is that Brad Holder was never considered a suspect in the murders of Abby and Libby. State Trooper Jerry Holman, one of the law enforcement officers in charge of organizing and investigating the Delphi murders, claimed in his August 10, 2023 deposition that Brad Holder was not really ever a suspect. Police reports written near the time of the murders reveal that Jerry Holman is telling the truth. Brad Holder was cleared as a suspect quickly on March 16th, 2017. So not even a month after, is that right? And I'd like to say that if we remember the episode, and I was not inaccurate in saying that the Delphi police didn't clear anyone. And they kept saying, nobody has been cleared. Mm. We've covered this individual. We've covered that individual. But... Now, six years later, Jerry Holman is saying that Brad Holder was cleared as a suspect. It's so silly. It's It doesn't make any sense. It's no. like they don't even remember what they said before. Because they were all just tactics. Like, there's no reason why, I don't know. It's just. It's messed up. On March 1st, 2017, Tony Liggett stated in a report that there were no leads required concerning Brad Holder, meaning that it was not necessary for law enforcement to continue to look for leads related to Brad Holder. Liggett made that determination a mere 15 days after the girls were murdered. Oh my gosh. By March 16th, 2023, Unified Command member Kevin Hammond wrote that Brad Holder has been cleared. The girls hadn't been dead for 30 days and Unified Command had already cleared Brad Holder as a suspect. That's weird. Unified Command had already cleared Holder as a suspect within 30 days knowing that Brad Holder's son dated Abby. 
Unified Command had already cleared Holder as a suspect within 30 days of the murders, although a simple review of Brad Holder's Facebook page would show that he, Brad Holder, was a proud Odinite that had an absolute obsession and fascination with runes. Police knew, or had to know, that runes had been left at the crime scene. Additionally, Unified Command had already cleared Holder as a suspect in spite of the fact that runes found on Brad Holder's Facebook page mimicked runes found at a crime scene that had not been released to the public. The investigation had barely begun, but the Unified Command had already cleared the very man that any person with even a small amount of common sense or curiosity would believe was a strong candidate for being involved in the murder of the girls. For example, the court will also learn that the Unified Command was aware of a very disturbing image on Brad Holder's social media accounts that actually mimicked the crime scene? Yep. What? On April 12th, 2017, trooper Joseph Ryan Winters, if you guys can hear that, my dog is munching. On April 12th, 2017, Trooper Joseph Ryan Winters received a phone call from a man in Georgia named Ryan Boucher who had discovered disturbing images in Brad Holder's social media account. Having somehow learned that Brad Holder's son, Logan, had dated Abby Williams, Mr. Boucher began reviewing Brad Holder's social media history. Having somehow learned that Brad Holder's son, Logan, had dated Abby Williams, Mr. Boucher began reviewing Brad Holder's social media history. One of the images Boucher viewed on Brad Holder's social media account was an image of two women either dead or posed as if they were dead on the ground in what appeared to be a forest. Both women had tree limbs and sticks arranged on their bodies. Wow. One of the women had her arm stretched out above her head, similar to the way that Libby's arm was stretched above her head. Both women were clothed and the stick and tree branch formations on these girls was different than the stick and tree branch formations on Abby and Libby, but otherwise it bore a very eerie similarity to the murder scene in Delphi. So they're saying that this Brad Holder posted a photo of that on his Facebook? Something similar to that, like a ruin card. Like oh. A, you know what I mean? Yeah, but it said uh, one of the images Boucher viewed on Brad Holder's social media account was an image of two women either dead or posed as if they were dead. So he was fucked enough to post. Yeah. That's fucking weird. Anyway, whatever. Ryan Boucher had no knowledge of the actual crime scene. However, after reviewing Brad Holder's social media sites, Boucher was disturbed at that image as well as other images that provided insight into Brad Holder's fascination with runes. Believing that the disturbing images may be something of interest to those investigating the Delphi murders, Mr. Boucher contacted Toby Lisenby. Toby Lisenby. Tobe Lisenby, who at the time was the sheriff of Carroll County. Now, really quickly, I just want to confirm here. Ryan Boucher is who again? Um, just some guy. Just some guy. Yeah. Just a random dude. Random dude who knew um, that this this 
Brad Guy's son was dating a murder victim. Oh. And so he just wanted to go and check the guy's Facebook and saw that um, disturbing um, picture of the dead women with the trees and stuff like that. A man in Georgia. I get it. Okay. Wow. So even this guy had some common sense. Okay. Let's go. Wow. If literally he would have had no idea, no knowledge of the crime scene. That's crazy. Um, So believing that the disturbing images may be something of interest to those investigating the Delphi murders, Mr. Boucher contacted Tobe Lesenby. Thank you. Who at the time was the sheriff of Carroll County. Lesenby quickly rebuffed Boucher, telling Boucher that Holder was not a suspect. Undeterred, Mr. Boucher contacted the state police where he ended up talking to trooper Joseph Ryan Winters. After their conversation, Winters memorialized the interaction and placed the images provided by Boucher into a Dropbox account. After creating the report, Winters then discussed his findings face-to-face with Jerry Holman of Unified Command. The body of this memorandum will provide details of that interaction. In this report, Winters requested law enforcement to re-interview Brad Holder. The defense does not believe Unified Command ever followed up on Winters' request. Clearly. Wow. Continuing on, it should be noted that the Disturbing images found by Boucher in Georgia and placed in the drop box by Winters were not, and still have not, been provided to the defense. In his recent deposition, Winters said that he had attempted to locate the images, but was unable. However, because of the potential importance of those images to Richard Allen's case, the defense team located Boucher and then traveled to Georgia to meet with Boucher. Those images are now in the possession of Richard's defense team, who then provided those images to law enforcement. Again, these were important images that law enforcement failed to turn over to the defense. Instead, the defense located these images in Georgia and then turned them over to the very people who had the obligation to provide them to the defense. Unified Command, which included Tony Liggett, who drafted the affidavit for search warrant, was fully aware of the mimicked crime scene on Brad Holder's social media, as well as other posts that mimicked the exact runes found at the crime scene, but failed to do anything about it, and failed to inform Judge Diener of this obvious suspect, Brad Holder, and all of the evidence that existed against Holder, making him a prime suspect. The court will learn in the body of this memorandum that Holder was connected to the crimes, the crime scene, and to other men who had confessed to the crime. The evidence of those connections will be provided in the body of the memorandum, including copies of the images found on Holder's Facebook page at the time of the investigation, which link Holder to the crime scene, as well as images found by Ryan Boucher that law enforcement has failed to turn over to the defense. The defense will also attach what the defense calls, quote, the Winters Report, unquote, which is the memorialization of Trooper Winters' interaction with Ryan Ryan Boucher. Liggett provided none of this evidence or information to Judge Diener, but rather allowed Judge Diener to believe that Richard Allen was a lone suspect in the murders in spite of zero evidence linking Richard Allen to the crimes at the time 
Liggett sought the search warrant 26 days before an election. Unified Command's failure to vigorously pursue the obvious links between the crime scene and Odinism is even more perplexing when evidence known to law enforcement demonstrated a clear nexus between Brad Holder and at least four other suspects. Elvis Fields from Rushville, Patrick Westfall from Delphi, Johnny Messer from Rushville, and Rod Abrams from Rushville. Unified Command was aware that Elvis Fields confessed to his sister that he was involved in the murders, even providing to his sister intimate crime scene details of which only those present at the crime scene would have fam would have familiarity. Additionally, Elvis told his sister Mary on February 14, 2017, that he was present at the killings and that he now had a brother and was now part of a gang. What the fuck? So wait, okay, I'm sorry. Is there proof that this Elvis is part of Od Odinism? Um, Don't know yet? I can't say for sure yet. Like I said before I came here, I only got 40 pages deep. So I don't know. I, I don't recall. I don't think but perhaps I got to he that. got recruited i think that these people are all proud members of this gang yeah and they post on their social media and they sport the you know the symbolism and stuff um i don't want to say for sure because i don't remember what i read because coming up here soon is some pretty mind-boggling stuff but um in any case in February 2018, Elvis had been questioned by law enforcement but denied involvement in the murders. However, after being dropped off at his trailer following the questioning, Elvis turned around, walked back to the police car, and according to the police report, asked the state trooper if his spit is found on one of the girls, but he could explain it away, would he still be in trouble? The state trooper that heard Elvis utter these words was Kevin Murphy, was not part of the Unified Command, but immediately relayed Elvis's disturbing question to Jay Harper of Unified Command. Elvis also admitted to a different sister that he had in fact spit on one of the girls. Elvis told Joyce, his sister, that he was on a trail and a bridge with two girls that were killed and that he was going away for a long time. How could this be possible without uh, without an arrest? I know. Where are these two girls? I know. So Elvis's alibi for February 13th, 2017 was also probably flawed. State troopers who weren't part of Unified Command determined that Elvis's roommate concocted a story concerning Elvis's whereabouts on February 13th, 2017. This roommate is named Rod Abrams. Abrams told a story claiming that on February 13, 2017, that he, Elvis, and a man named Ned Smith were visiting a sick friend in Muncie, Indiana. Unfortunately for Rod Abrams, this story conflicted with the story that Elvis told law enforcement as to his whereabouts on February 13, 2017. These shady alibis were relayed to the Unified Command, and these shady alibis will further be explained in the body of the memorandum. Furthermore, Unified Command knew that on February 1st, 2018, Elvis's sister passed a polygraph examination when asked if she were telling the truth about what Elvis had confessed to her. What the fuck? So what, when did this go south? And you know what? I get that the police couldn't, like, 
like give a bunch of details and stuff you know back in like 2018 2019 2020 where we were getting so frustrated at the very least they could have came out and said we are not investigating keg and klein or any of them in relation to these murders and we are quite confident that they are not a part of these murders Mm -hmm. due to the fucking way that the bodies were found are you kidding me yeah. so far and i don't even know all the details yeah and i, I mean about Od- odinism as far as the rest of this stuff it's just noise and static in my mind purposely put out to the public to create distraction a complete different story sent us down a fucking rabbit hole that mm-hmm. had nothing to do with the vortex yeah. of the real case yeah and shame on them if and- this shit is true yeah which obviously it is and the fact that so much misinformation was was left unchecked even if it was all um you know content creators speculation and all that stuff and if it that's where it all came from shame on them for not setting the record straight that's all i'm saying yeah because there have been so many suspects in the public forum that had more substance to them than Richard Allen does. Yeah. Because even going through this document and going through the search warrant and everything else that was released in that huge document dump a couple of months ago, it really, really does seem like that bullet is the only strongest piece of evidence coupled with the eyewitness testimony that they saw Rick Allen, but when we get further down into this memorandum, those sightings were were wrongly documented by Liggett. Let's get into it. It is so disturbing. Let's go. Evidence known to Unified Command included the fact that fellow Odinites Patrick Westfall and Brad Holder were close friends as late as January 21st, 2017. However, that friendship ended very abruptly in February 2017. The schism in their friendship resulted from a fight that occurred between Holder and Westfall in February 2017, where Holder and Westfall were in the woods near a river conducting a ritual. One of them said or did something that the other did not agree with, and they no longer talked to each other. The river was near Patrick's house, an intoxicated Brad Holder shared this disturbing information with his ex-wife, Amber Holder. Amber Holder then relayed this disturbing information to law enforcement who were not part of Unified Command in 2019. These officers then relayed the disturbing information to Unified Command, and Liggett concealed this information from Judge Diener. In 2019, Unified Command learned that in a totally different conversation with his ex-wife, Brad Holder pointed the finger away from himself and directly at Patrick Westfall as being the person actually responsible for the murders of Abby and Libby. According to police reports, Brad Holder told his ex-wife, Amber Holder, that Westfall and his people killed Abby Williams and Liberty German. Oh, because one of their mothers was mixing with other people outside of the mother's race. What the fuck? Furthermore, Unified Command was aware that Brad Holder had told Amber that I can only protect you so much if you keep asking questions. Brad Holder further told his ex-wife Amber that Patrick Westfall had many people backing him and that Westfall also had powerful friends. 
Liggett knew of this information for more than three years before Liggett sought a search warrant for Richard Allen's house, yet Liggett never shared the information with Judge Diener. Additionally, Westfall provided a very weak alibi as to his whereabouts on February 13, 2017. Westfall told law enforcement that he was at home the afternoon of Monday, February 13th. The defense is unaware of any search warrant that Liggett sought to enter Westfall's house or whether Unified Command instructed law enforcement to knock on a single neighbor's door to verify Westfall's alibi. Unified Command's failure to continually pursue the obvious links between the crime scene and Odinism is even more disturbing when evidence known to law enforcement included information about another Odinite named Johnny Messer from Rushville. Johnny was a recruiter for the Odinites and was also connective tissue between the Odinites from Delphi area, who were um, Brad Holder and Patrick Westfall, and the suspects from Rushville, Elvis and Rod Abrams. Delphi is located 126 miles from Rushville. Law enforcement knew that Johnny Meser was friends with Brad Holder and Patrick Westfall. Law enforcement also knew that Meser was acquaintances with Elvis Fields and Rod Abrams. Unified Command theoretically could claim, and actually appear to be claiming, that this connection is simply a bizarre coincidence. However, Unified Command not only knew that Elvis Fields, Rod Abrams, and Brad Holder, Patrick Westfall, shared a common acquaintance in Johnny Messer, but also that Elvis Fields and Brad Holder followed each other on Facebook and even mimicked each other's Facebook pages, with Elvis Fields actually recreating the photos that Holder posted on his Facebook page. You know what really sucks about this? As I'm sitting here listening to you, I'm remembering when we were recording like the Richard Allen episode, and I remember saying things like, you know, at some point we have to just trust that the police are doing their job. And for that reason alone, I feel like Richard Allen is likely guilty of his uh, accusations of these accusations and sitting here and hearing all this information that they never even planned to looked into the people that they it sounded like they looked into it they had the information and then for some reason they decided by the look of it to cover it there's no other way to look at it if all this information is true and like there is a bunch of people conspiring and like talking about this murder as if people around them are involved Mm -hmm. and we don't ever hear about it but police do and then years and years and years later they just so happen to search this man's house and find a bullet a gun that matches like that is the most crooked sounding shit i've ever heard in my life Mm -hmm. making a murderer hello right shockingly at his august 10th 2023 deposition unified command member jerry holman claimed that he did not even know who Johnny Messer was, nor what the evidence showed of Messer's possible role in the murders of Abby and Libby. It is additionally infuriating that Johnny Messer was cleared as a suspect in the murders when considering these facts. Johnny's ex-girlfriend, Taylor, told police that Johnny Messer and Patrick Westfall were like brothers. She also told police that she had allowed Johnny to borrow her car on or around Valentine's Day 2017, and that Johnny drove her car up there to hang with his Vinlander friends, um, which is what the Odinites refer to the Delphi Odinites. 
Um, when he returned her vehicle, it had dried blood over one side of it. Johnny Messer refused to discuss the details of how the blood got there, and his ex-girlfriend further stated that it took her several car washes to finally remove all the blood. Meanwhile, well, she's going to be in trouble if that turns if out to true. be something. Why are you washing it off if you're questioning something that sounds so bizarre? Uh, meanwhile, Messer has claimed that he had never, not even once in his life, been to Delphi, the home of his brother Patrick Westfall, and near the home of his other Odinite brother, Brad Holder. Messer's ex-girlfriend also told law enforcement that Brad Holder and Johnny Messer were two of the most violent people she knew and were fully capable of having been involved in the murders. Johnny Messer's ex-girlfriend further stated that a motive for their involvement in the murder of Abby and Libby might be the concept of blood in and blood out, which means social acceptance into their secret circles. All of this information was relayed to Liggett and the Unified Command team, yet Unified Command provided no guidance as to what to do to capitalize on this information in order to work towards solving these murders. Additionally, Unified Command learned that Johnny Messer's ex-girlfriend had been listening to and recording his phone calls. Police secured the phone and listened to three phone calls involving Johnny Messer. In two of those phone calls, Messer was offering money to other people to find someone so they can be injured or killed. And the third call involves Messer bragging about holding a subject hostage and shooting them inside his house. Essentially, Unified Command said nothing to see here regarding Johnny Messer and issued no search warrants for his home. None have been disclosed to the defense, nor did they attempt to utilize an age-old investigative tool referred to as an interrogation to pursue the truth about the involvement of Johnny Messer, Brad Holder, or Patrick Westfall in these crimes. Many more shocking facts concerning this so-called investigation will be revealed in the body of the memorandum. I like the sass that the, the defense puts in. Oh, they're in. fucking just done. They're over it. You know, that whole, like, that investigative tool we all use called a fucking interrogation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, duh. Do you want to go? Yep. All right. Odinites in Westville Correctional Facility guarding Richard Allen. So this is kind of what you started to tell me, and I was like, ah, let's just get into it. But yeah. The evidence shows that during his pre-trial incarceration at Westville Correctional Facility, Richard Allen has been monitored, intimidated, and mentally abused by correctional officers who are also members of the Odinite cult. Two of those correctional officers are named Sergeant Robinson and Sergeant Jones. Pointing fingers and naming names. Again, it cannot be a coincidence. Like, that's my opinion, but it's always my opinion. Whenever I hear such crazy things, I'm like, this can't be a coincidence. Mm -hmm. Anyway. These Westville Corrections officers boldly wore patches on their Department of Corrections uniforms that proclaimed, In Odin We Trust, along with another patch displaying symbols of Odism which are interlocking triangles. That makes more sense. Is that what you were trying to explain to me? That's hilarious. Um, I was like a W. (laughs) You were saying two Vs. Um, Both Odinite Correctional Officers, Sergeant Robinson and Sergeant Jones, also display images of runes and or other Odinite symbols on their Facebook pages. Okay, just a quick tidbit. I can't believe they're allowed to put patches 
on their yeah. clothes that they interesting okay um like to me that's almost like officers partaking in gang culture while but i think serving. it's um because of the alternative religion movement i think paganism is considered an alternative religion so it'd be like a sikh wearing um headdress this is part of their religion could be like i i don't know for sure but that's my speculation if that's true and mm-hmm. they had those patches on they could have said this feels is my different religion. a patch versus something like very religious like they need to cover a part of their body mm-hmm. to me that's very different a patch is stating yo we're gonna give other people who might be in the same group who are in here a different treatment in my like that's how i see it but i don't know anyway that's just crazy as recently as June 25th, 2023, for example, Odinite Sergeant Robinson openly displayed a photograph of his Odinite altar on his Facebook page. A similar altar can be found on the Facebook page of Brad Holder. Beginning at least on April 3rd, 2023, Sergeant Jones and Sergeant Robinson wore their Odin patches when the defense team visited Richard Allen. However, Sergeant Robinson and Sergeant Jones's brazen display of their Odinites patches came to an end on August 17th, 2023. What changed? Why suddenly did they no longer display their Odinite patches beginning on the August 17th, 2023 visit between Richard Allen and his defense team? Here is your possible answer. So this is what the defense is speculating speculating um keep in mind for those of you who don't know it is known that richard allen made a phone call to his wife um around april it's either april 3rd or april 5th um confessing to the murders of abby and libby but he sounded he wasn't and as soon as that call was over Richard Allen broke his tablet mm-hmm. um, and hasn't contacted his wife since. Okay? So this keep, is so heartbreaking. If this is like... Keep that in uh, mind. But defense teams, this is what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to build another possibility. So I'm hoping that... No, I don't even know. It's, it's, it's convincing. They're good at what they do. I don't think... I don't know. You can't, to me, in an, in an actual filing, unless you can prove some of this stuff, the judge isn't going to consider it properly if it's just filled with un, unsubstantiated accusations. Yeah, like they would have had to s- submit. Like, here is yes. when we gave the yes. one chick a polygraph and she passed yes. it saying that he was talking about it. Like, yeah. that's crazy. Okay. Getting back into it. So keep that April 3rd confession in mind as you go forward. Because you this guys is were gonna... supposed to go back and listen to the Delphi ones anyway. But if Hold you didn't... Hold on to your butts. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> it was not until an August 10th, 2023 deposition of Trooper Jerry Holman that Richard Allen's defense team finally revealed to the prosecutor and to Unified Command that for many months they... Richard Allen's defense team had been fully aware of the strong evidence linking Odinism to the murders. 
It was also at the August 10th, 2023 deposition that the Unified Command learned that Richard Allen's defense team was not only aware of this information, but also intended to expose the linkage of Abby's and Libby's murders to Odinism and would also be revealing the names of the Odinists at trial. At that deposition, Holman and the prosecutor also learned that the defense team obviously intended on exposing the Unified Command's utter failure in pursuing the Odinist suspects, in spite of the powerful evidence of Odinites' involvement in the murders. However, and this is important to note, at his August 10, 2023 deposition, Richard's defense team did not let Holman or anyone else know that it, the defense team, was fully aware of the Odinite corrections officers at Westville wearing in Odin We Trust patches. Interesting. Richard Allen's defense team's next visit with Richard Allen at Westville following the August 10th, 2023 deposition occurred one week later on August 17th, 2023. Curiously, or perhaps not so curiously, In those seven days since the defense team revealed their knowledge that evidence linked Odinists to the murders for the first time, Sergeant Robinson was no longer wearing his Odin patch. It was almost as if someone had alerted Odinite Robinson that the gig was up because the lawyers knew about the links to Odinism. So lose the patch and pray that the defense attorneys had never noticed the patches on prior visits. Unfortunately for Westville and Unified Command, Rick's defense team absolutely noticed the Odinite patches worn by Sergeant Robinson and Sergeant Jones beginning April 3rd, 2023. Furthermore, Rick's defense team absolutely noticed the conspicuous absence of Sergeant Robinson's Odin patches following Trooper Holman's realization that Rick's defense team was fully aware of the connections between the murders and Odinism, as well as the failure of the Unified Command to follow through on the evidence that linked the murders to Odinism. Now, Holman, that was an investigator? Yeah. Was he the main one? Yeah, at the beginning, yeah. Like, is he the one who did, like, the, um... No. When he, the, the press conference? No. Who's that? Doug Carter. Doug Carter. Indiana State Police. Right. So would this guy be above him? No. Doug Carter is the the top of the top. The top of the tippy top for the entire state of Indiana. I get it. Okay. Because this Holman, this Holman is getting, he's looking a little sus. And as well as Liggett. Yeah. And Tobe Lesenby. They all look very shady here. Very. Okay. The court will also learn in the body of this memorandum that Sergeant Jones and Sergeant Robinson were seemingly always by Richard Allen's side during most, if not every, visit. Normally, correction officers, usually Sergeant Robinson and or Sergeant Jones, were within earshot of every conversation between Richard and his attorneys and between Richard and his wife. Close enough that Richard would have to be worried about any conversation with his attorneys and with his wife being overheard by Sergeant Robinson and Sergeant Jones or other corrections officers. Beginning on April 3rd, 2023, 
and for several visits thereafter, the Westville correction officers even videotaped attorney visits between Richard and his defense team. Most of the time, if not every time, it was Sergeant Jones or Sergeant Robinson bringing the handheld camcorder to the visit. Corrections officers even required that Richard Allen be positioned facing the window where the corrections officer was videotaping the attorney visits with the handheld camcorder. Okay, that'll be interesting to know if they actually like kept the recordings. Um, I believe the judge actually viewed them and there was no sound, but they're claiming lip reading is a thing. AKA, and it could more they so have to be used as volume? more so to be used as an intimidation factor. We're watching you. Wow. Watch what you say. Oh, because it would have been illegal to listen, right? Correct. They're privileged conversations. To, 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 yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. This positioning of Richard Allen's body would allow the corrections officers to videotape Richard Allen's mouth as he talked to his attorneys. Richard would therefore not be able to privately discuss anything with his attorneys, such as the guards were telling me that my wife and family will be killed unless I call my wife and tell her that I killed those girls. Oh my God. I knew it was coming, but oh my God. (laughs) There it is. Oh. Instead, a mentally defeated Richard Allen would continually mutter to his defense team at every visit these type of general questions. Is my wife alive? Is my family alive? Is my wife safe? Is my family safe? I'm going to cry. I mean, what uh, if? What what if? if? What if? Like it at the beginning, I thought this reads like a really shitty fiction. It story. does, yeah, fiction because there's so much information that mm-hmm. you can't make this shit up. But now you're getting into the. If this is real, this is the lowest, the most low destroying down thing to a man. Dirty cop bullshit that I've ever. Cult mofos thinking they're the shit ass. Um, and getting backing from law enforcement and correctional. Oh, yeah. And intimidating a man to confess to a crime. Well, if they're that sanctioned where they're like, oh, this is our recruiter for this area. Mm-hmm. If they're that sanctioned and like what's to stop them from telling certain members to get into policing. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm mad at this. Mm-hmm. Um. And getting into uh, being a corrections officer is not the same as going into policing. At least not in Canada. No, but if they're that set up, what if they had them everywhere? Mm -hmm. Like, what if Holman... I'm just saying, I think that they can go and apply for a job to be a corrections officer and just get the job. I don't know that there's a bunch of, like, prerequisite schooling that's involved in that, whereas I believe police officers... I know here they have to go through. Well, in more Canada, training. you need a criminal justice diploma now, and and then more police training. So I don't know what it is in the states. You go through police school in the states, like they have like the academy or whatever. Yeah. So, but anybody can do it. So if you're Correct. told go do it, right, and then you'll be our whatever, and they're mm-hmm. all they're willing to murder little girls. Who's to say that they're not willing to put their 
career on the line by doing something like that and maybe going to prison if they're going to murder somebody that's not even the worst of the worst okay it's just making my head spin like this is fucking wild okay at one such meeting with his attorneys richard allen mumbled in a somewhat incoherent fashion that odinites were threatening him what that's insane yep it would be important to know that Richard Allen's defense team has never mentioned the words Odinites or Odinism or informed Richard Allen that evidence suggests that Odinus murdered Abby and Libby until August 25th, 2023, when his defense team, in the presence of his wife, who was visiting with Rick in the prison, first discovered the exculpatory Odin-related evidence to Rick. Rick's defense team felt that having him remain unaware would hopefully keep Rick a bit safer due to Rick's weakened mental state and the concern that he might unwittingly discuss his attorney's strategy to Sergeant Jones and Sergeant Robinson. Rick's attorneys opted to not discuss Odinism with their client out of fear that Sergeant Robinson and Sergeant Jones would then be on the alert that Richard's defense team was aware of the Odinite involvement. Richard's defense team needed additional time to investigate and review evidence before feeling confident and comfortable in revealing their knowledge to the court of their strong evidence that Odinites murdered the girls and that Unified Command had chosen to do nothing about it, but in fact had hidden these facts from Judge Diener. Therefore, Richard's defense team opted to keep Richard in the dark about the Odinite connection to the murders supported by the evidence. Again, more detailed information concerning the Odinite correction officers, as well as the documentation supporting that information, will be provided in the body of this memorandum. I, like, I can't. I feel like this has to be the end of part two. This is fucked. I told you. This is fucked. I told you. This is messed up. Like, has anybody posted in the Delphi groups? Oh, yeah. Have they? Mm-hmm. There's two lives tonight. I got to moderate one and the other one I got to kind of try to listen to. I cannot believe this. If I'm able to finish recording part one, I'll send it out today because this is but, crazy. Yeah. There's no podcast out yet about it i so far i believe what they're selling me i do too oh my god and i'm not i'm not even like i'm over the bullshit with delphi yeah i'm picking up what they're putting down and i'm i'm seeing through the bullshit and you know what kagan klein tony klein all that that was just another thing that there was a misdirection they were like hey look look." okay this has got to be the end of part Two, I just feel like people will probably, you know, sometimes they need to have a break. They can't just sit there and listen to us talk for four or five hours. So this is the end of this part. But I read the next sentence and it's still getting wild up in here. It is. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't get any better. It doesn't get any better. And the, the most disturbing parts, I thought we'd get to it in part two, but it looks like a part three or, but I'm telling you guys, this is some messed up shit and if it's true if it's real if it's legitimate this is groundbreaking this is they're gonna make a fucking movie about this shit regardless of if it's uh if i 
if if the prosecution team doesn't have anything more to go on, the defense team is going to sweep this. He is going to get out of jail. Richard Allen will get out of jail if all they have is that fucking gun, bullet, blah, blah, blah. Even though these victims were found with markings from the Odin religion. religion. Yeah. Should I call it cult? Yeah. If that is all legit, and obviously they'd have like the crime photos, crime scene photos and everything, then he is going to come out and he's going to tell his story and Odinism is going down. That's all I have to say on that until part three. Like I'm speechless. I agree. If you uh, if you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to the podcast. Join the Patreon. I believe the entire thing we're not even done recording yet but the whole thing will be posted up there and we'll make it one good smooth video for you if you just want to yeah go and pay for the subscription and listen to it there we also have um bonus episodes that get released there full mm-hmm. full versions of it pictures that like all those pictures yeah. that we talked about in the jambani episode all of those are up on patreon too so consider joining supporting the show there's buy me a coffee blah 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 I'm not going to keep you guys any longer. We want to keep recording, so... I'm Bree. And I'm Char. And we'll see you in the next part. Bye. Bye.